This is episode 19 of The Focused Mindset. Today, you guys are in for a treat. You get to listen in on a conversation I had with Shelly Davis, the host of the Piano Parent Podcast and a piano teacher that I really respect. She has a passion for music that you're going to hear in her voice, and it started at an early age. We're going to hear about that, and she has a lot to teach us about music. But first, if you're a new listener, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. And don't forget to subscribe to this show so you can get all of the family-oriented content here. And listeners, I would love for you to join the Focused Mindset community. Look for the link below and join us so you get my tip of the week, my newsletter, and you're always in touch. Now sit back and enjoy the show. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset, the focused mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. So today on the podcast, I am welcoming Shelly Davis. She's a mom, a piano teacher, and a host of the Piano Parent Podcast. Welcome, Shelly. Hi, Cher. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on your show. I've been looking forward to talking to you. I've been looking forward to the conversation because um, you and I have some interesting things in common. We both have a big desire to help families help their kids and be able to be their best self. And we both have a love for music. Uh, Even though for you, you've dedicated your career to it. I have always utilized music in my life just to not only uplift me, but also uh, it's a big part of my family. So I was very excited to have you as a guest. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm so glad to have gotten to know you because we both do have a similar mission. Um, I think parents need a lot of support anytime, but especially now. And I'm, I was so grateful to find out the, the podcast and the work that you're doing with supporting parents in, in your circle of influence. And I'm trying to do the same thing in my area. And um, I'm grateful to pull our resources and just offer that much more help. Yes, because when we first came in contact, we both kind of uh, immediately gravitated towards each other because of that very common interest. But for me, I'm very interested in finding out how music became such a big part of your life in the first place. I mean, you just, it, it just seems to engulf everything you do. I know that you also perform with your family. I mean, it's just amazing. So how, how did that become such a big focus in your life? It's funny. I, I don't remember anything really about music until a scene that plays in my memory of me sitting in the backseat of our family car. I was maybe kindergarten. Actually, I was kindergarten. And my father was in the driver's seat, turned around talking to me, trying to convince me to get involved in an after school 
program at my school. They were offering group piano lessons, and I don't know if I didn't care or didn't know what to expect, but he said, I think this would be so much fun, and I would love for you to learn to play the theme song from that movie. It's an old movie from Dr. Zhivago. It's called... Um, I love Laura's theme and it's a beautiful sentimental piece of music, but okay. I loved my dad and I wanted to do things that would, you know, make him proud of me. So, okay. If you want me to do piano lessons, I will. And um, fast forward, actually. Interesting, he had a very specific request as well. <laughs> he did. He really did. And then um, fast forward several years, my father is a pastor and officiates weddings from time to time. And I did start lessons, continue lessons, and have played for several of those weddings. And anytime I play at a wedding that my father is officiating, I make sure to include Laura's theme in there. That's just sort of our secret little uh, inside story for that the both is- of us. That's beautiful. (laughs) And I'm sure he just has that little grin on his face. Like (laughs) he does. We both kind of make eye contact and and no, it may be an old song for the poor bride and groom, but we don't care. It's uh, it's our thing. (laughs) That's super awesome. So it, and it stuck. I mean, did you, do you remember the time when then you knew this is something that you love, not just something you're doing for your father? I I always loved my piano teachers, and that's actually something we might talk about as we continue through this conversation, how important it is for a child to have another adult in their life besides their parents, in addition to their parents, that can give them that one-on-one attention. And I, I loved being able to talk to my piano teachers. I wanted to please them. I guess I am definitely a people pleaser, but um, I love playing music from them. I remember Miss Yancey was one of my earliest teachers, and I can still see a big grin on her face and her clapping her hands. Oh, you played that just like I asked you to. And she was such an encourager. And that that fed into me as much as the music part. And then um, growing up, my mother, uh, my mother was actually a pretty good entrepreneur herself. She had a few jobs outside the home, but she tried to do work inside the home so that she was always home when we got home from school. She was usually the one picking us up. And so I admired my piano teachers for also being able to do a job in their home that still contributed to their family. So kind of thinking for myself of when I grow up and I have a job, I think I want to be a piano teacher so that I can have that good balance of being able to care for my own children, but then also have a way to support my family. Absolutely. And that is very important for parents. I mean, now more and more parents are needing to stay home. Um, It used to be an easier option to be out and uh, have a job outside the home. And I think that some parents didn't even think of it as anything, just like, well, fine, let's just get daycare. But I'm talking to more and more parents that now the necessity is to be at home because their kids many times are still doing their school home-based. And they're looking for options, you know, of things that they can do. So that was a decision for you that seemed pretty natural that you gravitated towards that. Yes, yes. And um, my dad also play. I'm talking about him a lot. He'll I'll have to send this podcast to him. He'll enjoy listening that I'm talking about him so much. But um, (laughs) he plays guitar a little bit. He kind of tinkers with it. He'll Mm -hmm. be 
74 years old next week. Oh, and up until maybe last summer, he was taking bass guitar lessons. And oh um, he's just the kind of guy that is, I know, he's the kind of guy that's just willing to learn anything and willing yeah. to try anything. And I think I inherited a lot of that from him. And um, it's just fun to kind of share that conversation musically. And then my husband and I have passed that on to our children. It's sort of part of our daily lingo we just uh, it's kind of one of the ways that one of the mechanisms that we use to deal with other things that might not be so pleasant we can come back to music and enjoy that together yeah so as a family unit um i think many times after you and i talked i started noticing the times in our family that music did bring us calm, bring us a, a chill vibe that bring, bring a completely different attitude. And I hadn't noticed until we had talked for some reason That's that beautiful. my husband uses it a lot more than even I do, even though I was brought up in a musical family, many times he gets out his speaker and chooses his playlist and he chooses a playlist that, you know, is just right for the mood to be able to pump us all up if we're going somewhere or, you know, and so it's very interesting how music is utilized in our life to, that actually affects us in ways we don't realize. Um, it still seems like something that was a natural progression for you, but how, how has that made, how has that been important in your family? I, I agree with what your husband does as far as using music um, to sort of be the soundtrack for different activities. I don't do it very often, but I love the idea of putting together a soundtrack if we're going on a road trip. And so yeah. then these are the songs that we'll listen to in the car. And um, I, one thing I have done with my children, especially when they were younger, if it's time to do chores, Nobody likes to do chores, but before we would do those, we would sit down in front of my computer, uh, maybe grab Pandora or uh, I don't think we had Spotify back then, but um, I would let them choose. You choose a song and, and when that song plays, we'll do whatever chore and then another child gets to choose their song. So together we put together this playlist and then I would end the playlist with something like um, the final countdown. Who is that? Is that Europe that does that? Yeah. Song? And so we, we together built our playlist and we saw that it was maybe 30 minutes or an hour long and turn the speakers up really, really loud. And then everybody has their assigned chores to do. And we just made it a, a, an unpleasant time, a little more fun. And then, oh, there's the final countdown. We better wrap up, get your chores finished and then have a big celebration together. But lots of different moments like that are, um, that's one of the big things about music is uh, it, it is very powerful to use to, to kind of calm things. Um, it's a great um, break if you've been doing a lot of schoolwork, maybe if you're still um, working and doing school at home and you've been doing all of your courses and then take a little break and maybe uh, play some music just to enjoy it, maybe to calm or just give yourself a mental break. But then the other thing that I love about music is the way that it can connect um, family memories from my own childhood. I remember singing songs with my grandparents or whatever, and then passing that on to my kids. Well, I have to write that down of the, sh the mix during the cleaning, because that can be one of the most stressful times of the day. And you know that you need to motivate those kids to get out there and do the chores. 
And um, I like that idea. I'm, I'm going to use that and get back to you and see how that works with okay, each family good. member choosing a song. And then at the end, you have one final song to wrap it up. So <laughs> that's because really, I mean, there are so many times during the day that are transitions or things that yes. can be very stressful. And I know that my children will just automatically you get this, uh, or no, or I don't want, you know, and we can right. use music as that just a way to snap them out of that. Yes. Yes. It's a nice little pro tip for parents. It really is a pro tip. <laughs> I will tell you, and I'll tell you another thing. Um, my daughter is uh, 17. She's my, we have four children, my husband and I, and our youngest is still at home. She's 17, a junior in high school. Um, she was born with a very serious heart defect. And so her cardiologist has recommended that we school at home, which she's doing, but I'm trying to be very intentional to give her opportunities to get outside of our four walls and, and do some things. And one thing that we have really enjoyed, not just because of the necessity now, but just through her growing up years, is that we'll get in the car and go for a drive and I'll let her be the DJ. And she'll share uh, right now. She's able to connect her phone to our, you know, Bluetooth in the car. And it is very eye-opening and so interesting and so much fun to hear her world through the music that she chooses. And she introduces me to some really, my kids have never been, you know, follow whoever the most popular artist is. I couldn't tell you who the most popular artist is right now. Um, our music is much more, our musical tastes are much more eclectic than that. And so she'll pull up some sort of, I don't know, New Orleans jazz music and, and listen to it. And I'll ask her, what do you like about this? And I really, I like this too. Thank you for introducing it to me. And then very often that will lead into some wonderful conversations. The music is just sort of the gateway for us to both make a connection and kind of, you know, let go of whatever else is on our mind. We're in the car, not having to think about, you know, other things that we need to do. And yeah. it, it opens up some really beautiful times for us to have some one-on-one -on -one conversations together, which is hard to come by in a family that's as large as ours. It is. And at that age group. Yes. Uh, you know, and it's so great to have that gateway and for you to recognize that if I want a little peek into her world, it's not going to happen by asking her what's going on in their, in your world, you know? Right. So having that understanding of let's let you pick the music. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're listening to what she has going with her playlist, her mind, the things that motivate her. And um, I found that many parents will be judgmental of their children's taste in music rather than looking at it as an opportunity like you just suggested. And I will be honest with you, it can be it can be a teaching moment. My older son, we would do the same thing. Um, he would, you know, plug in his whatever iPod, whatever. And he listened, especially at that same age, 17 years old, he listened to, uh, you know, heavy metal screamer music. And I would still let him play it. And I would kind of joke, oh, this music is so relaxing. I would love to listen to it in a bubble bath. Or <laughs> not. Um, so I kind of let him know what I you know, thought about it and maybe asked him a little bit, what is it about this music that you like? And for him, it was like, it, he, he kind of has pent up frustration and, and a little bit of anger. And this was a way to scream it out in a, yes. a more healthy way than he could have chosen. 
But then it's also a good opportunity if your child is listening to something that is not appropriate, maybe the lyrics are too too weighty or too heavy, then it's a good opportunity, like you said, in a non-judgmental way um, to kind of teach them we have to be careful about the things that we let our brain soak up. And it does soak up more than we realize, especially mm-hmm. through music. Yes. Yes. Music is one of those things that we all know that we've gotten a jingle stuck in our mind yes. that we wish so much that we could make it go away. <laughs> and that just proves the power of our brain to kind of like cling on to yes. something that we heard uh, and we weren't even paying attention necessarily, but our brain remembers it. Right. So um, that's a really good teaching moment as well to help your children know the importance of that. Yes. So I also want to take just a minute. I know we have so much to talk about, but I want to take just a little bit to talk about your, you being a piano teacher. Yes. Uh, that is a unique space. Like you said, you're the one now that gets to have those little kiddos come to you and they see your smile when you're doing the little piano lessons and then they go <laughs> home. And so you're able to touch them the way that you had when you were a kid. Um, what are some of the things that you've seen that are a benefit to kids having lessons to learn how to play music. So it's an extra added thing on people's plate. What's some benefits to that? That is true. It is an extra thing and it is a commitment. And that's one of the values it, uh, it, that it teaches a child to have a um, time management or maybe self-discipline. Um, one of my favorite things is when I give a student a piece of music and they look at it and there's no way I can play this. I can't do this. And I can guide them and we'll break it down into smaller pieces. And then I um, just I can coach them through facing that challenge. And then when it's done, I love to remind them, do you remember when you said there's no way you could do this hard thing? You can do hard things. And yes. so perseverance is a, a major component. I mentioned earlier that um, with my students, I meet them one-on-one for 30 minutes every week. And mm-hmm. I don't know that their parents have that privilege of spending 30 minutes of uninterrupted time with each of their children. Maybe that's why those uh, car rides are so important for me and my kids. Yes. But I, I get to speak encouragement to them. I get to listen to them. I mean, we do go about the business of studying piano. We don't waste the time that we have together. But I think it's very important for them to know that I care about them, to know that there is another adult in their life that cares about them and speaks positive things into them. Mm-hmm. Um, it teaches them that manners are important and all of these things that parents would want to reinforce. I try to reinforce that with them. Um, another thing about piano study is that it gives them a chance to occupy their mind with something other than online school or just entertainment or something that they don't even have to really think about. I mean, we're so easily entertained and even games or, or online streaming shows and all of that. Um, feeds us with information, but making music is a wonderful analog activity where we're there putting things together. And um, there's an interesting study or an interesting website by the University of Florida. And I'll send you a link to this if it might be something you're interested in. That'd be great. That piano or not just piano, making music, whether it's singing or playing guitar or even dancing, is one of the few activities that engages all parts of the brain. Mm. And uh, 
this website goes into every detail, the cerebellum, the frontal lobe, and the cerebral cortex, and uh, names that I don't even know what their function is, but every part of your brain is engaged when you're reading music, when you're listening to music, you're coordinating your hands to play music. There's so much going on. And then the beautiful thing about the brain is when you practice making those connections in a fun experience with making music, that is the same skill, the same exercise, the same muscles that will be used when you need to recall that um, for an academic exercise, for calculating math, or, I mean, it even has to do with spatial awareness. If you're moving on a piano, you have to know how far your hand goes, and then that affects other things in your life. So, I'm sorry, I kind of get on a little soapbox with, <laughs> with music. I, I, I am, it's, there's so much value to it, um, not just for academics. It, it does help you, you know, uh, students score higher on SAT scores and um, lots of other valuable things that have to do uh, not related directly to music, but I think it's good to make music just for the beauty of music and the beauty of creating something on your own. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people gravitate towards learning about how it does affect the brain and how musical uh, ability is not just a creative hobby, but something that connects all of those parts. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to looking that up. But right now, the creative side is so important because what you touched on is so true. Parents have so many concerns about the fact that their online teaching and their gaming and this type of stuff is just feeding, feeding, feeding. And sometimes they lack the time to be able to be creative human beings. And um, as they move forward with learning an instrument, they begin to be the creator and they can have fun with that. And that gives them a beautiful outlet. Like my son, if you're feeling that frustration and pent up anger, what better way to release some of that than through some kind of music? Maybe it is angry sounding music, but it's better to release it that way than to do something that would harm yourself or someone else. Yes. Now, I had the pleasure of being able to talk to you on your podcast recently. Yes. Uh, what is it again? The parent, the Piano Parent Podcast. Piano Parent Podcast. Yes. yes. PianoParentPodcast.com, but you can also find it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Yes. Yeah. And when we did that, you asked me a question of something that you were going through. So I wanted to get a chance to do the same for you with my oh, child. How does that sound? That sounds good. Put me on the spot. <laughs> right? It's easy. Trust me. You'll, you'll okay, be like, good. this is an easy one. Um, you know, my daughter has, uh, we started with playing guitar. I shared with you that she plays the guitar. Yes. And she just is very, it's very challenging to get her to not only practice, but just to go each and every time. It's a very, very challenging experience. And I haven't been able to completely uh, grasp if it's something, it's hard for a parent I'm finding now that I'm living through this with her to find the line between pushing her to keep going or pivoting to a different instrument, or maybe it's not her passion. It, we're at that place. Have you ever helped a parent through that place? And can you help me? 
<laughs> Isn't that such a sticky thing? And we're talking about it in terms of music right now, but it could it could manifest itself in any any topic. My my daughter doesn't want to wear pink, or my son does want to wear pink, or um, they don't want to go to church with me, or whatever things are important to us that we want to pass down to our children. It's such a balancing act to know how overbearing are we being, or do we need to help them deal with that discipline? Because we, we do have to coach our children and train them to have that discipline until they can take it for themselves, until they can be self-disciplined. And so, yes, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, my answer is... I'm sorry, and I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you've seen, you, I'm sure that you've seen that struggle as yes. a teacher from the yes. teacher's side. That's the side I really don't know. I mean, how do you help the parent and the, te- and the, and the student kind of move past that in, to the other side? Because our thought is, for her in, in particular, she's just before the fun part. You know, she's just before the place where she could probably pick it up and she's so close and just kind of like, oh, look at this thing I created, like we just talked about. And so um, to help her get to the other side, have you used any tips that have worked? I would definitely, if you feel like it's something that needs to be addressed with her teacher, um, I would definitely communicate with the teacher. Maybe it is... Uh, maybe it's just a song that she's working on that's not connecting and Mm. maybe it could just be another song that that has a better connection um as parents it's easy for us to project so much more meaning to a situation and and we sometimes we just need to ask our child what is it uh, you're, you're I, I can sense that you're resisting you're, you're not maybe wanting to go to your lesson can you tell me as we said before in a non-judgmental way communicate with me um what is it and maybe maybe her teacher is doing something that she's uncomfortable with mm-hmm. i mean i don't mean that to be too serious although it could be serious and so that's something you are their advocate and so if they can trust you to tell you why they're uncomfortable with lessons maybe it's hot in the room and you can talk to the teacher about adjusting the temperature it could be something simple but we right. don't know until we talk so talk to your child honestly and if it's something that can be adjusted with your addressed with your teacher um, it could be as simple as just changing the environment a little bit, changing a new song. With music, um, there are certain concepts that students need to learn, but there are millions of pieces of music that can teach that concept. So if there's not a connection, if a student is just not feeling it with a song, then I give them permission to be honest with me. And okay, if you don't like this one, I'll find something else and we'll keep trying. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is to kind of take a page out of my dad's book. Um, I wasn't particularly interested in piano. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what I was missing, but um, he complimented me. He encouraged me and he, Oh, I can't wait until you can play this song. This is one of my favorites. And um, I think genuine compliments, even if it's just complimenting them for the effort, I heard you picked up your guitar and, and played a few things. I really liked that sound that you made without you should have practiced longer or you should have, you know, any, any of that, but help them see that you recognize their effort might be just enough to get them over that hump. Those are really good tips. And I think that pressure of, um, I don't know, something happens within me where it's like, well, I don't want her to quit, you know? And so I need to release that and think about some of the things that you're thinking of, of how I can step into her world. 
Yes. Sometimes it might be simple. I mean, you know your child better than anyone else. And it, it, it kind of depends on the child and your personality as far as like regular practice. Some children do better with a, a very steady, strict regimen. Oh, it's four o'clock. It's time to practice. Yeah. Or um, maybe uh, I don't want to say bribery exactly, but oh, <laughs> you you want to do this thing with your friends after you do your practice, and and maybe that wouldn't work. Maybe that would completely trigger a negative response. So you right. kind of have to try a few things to speak your kids' language. Yes, speak their language musically as well. So yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I like that because I know that it's, we always have to find that balance. Like you mentioned of, um, we see the whole big picture and they're only seeing a small picture, but we don't want it to actually get switched where we're seeing a small picture of just keep going, keep going. But there's a much bigger picture that we're missing. So it's important to look at both sides. And although you and I had talked about that, we both try and practice that. Um, thank you. Because when I'm in the moment and I'm working through helping my child with lessons, uh, that's going to be very, very helpful for me. Good, good. We're here for each other. <laughs> that's right. And you got to be. And, uh, and also just in the times right now, there's a lot of parents. I was just talking to my sister the other day because she works with kids as well. Parents are starting to get their kids back into activities. This is that time, you know, those who are listening in the future, we're still in the pandemic of 2020. And uh, at least around here in California, it's maybe a little more slow moving than other people, but parents are eager to try and get their kids back involved. But there's been this thing that's happened with the kids. I don't know if you've seen it on you guys' end where it's like, because they've been in their room for so long and be stagnant and just looking at their computer that now they're just kind of comfortable there. Yes. You know, they just kind of found a comfort and now they need to snap back into the regular reality. And I've had multiple parents come to me and say this, maybe we're talking about education because that's what they're, they originally come to me about, but they say this is happening in every area. They don't want to go out and do the things they used to love. It's like their mind has to be reminded. Um, Do you have any suggestions for parents to help them remember that they, they, you know, help them get out of the funk, if you will. Right. And you know, I'm right there with you because uh, I've mentioned my daughter Tracy is virtual schooling right now and she's able to work from her laptop and she's very often has the lights turned off and she's just sort of in her dark little bubble. And um, as much as she's not happy about that, I think it will be a jarring experience for her when it is time to go back to school and, oh, wait, you have to be there all day long. You can't just uh, log off when you're done with your work. And so that's part of why I feel like it's so important for us to get her out of the house. Um, I told her that you and I had this appointment today and afterward I had some errands to run and I've invited her to go with me. I'm grateful she said yes. So we're going to get out of the house. And uh, a lot of preparation is always helpful. You know, you and I like to be given notice. We don't like to just be blindsided by something. And so it gives us time to maybe think about it and process it. And so if we know that it's coming for our kid, at least that's what I'm planning to do with my daughter. When I know that it's, it's the point where we're going to be going back 
to school. Just like in the summer, uh, you know, our schedules kind of get turned upside down. She stays up too late, sleeps too late. But a few weeks before school starts, then we start getting back into that routine. And yeah. so we'll start doing that. And I'll let her know on Monday, whatever the date is, we're going to start going back to school. So get mentally prepared for it. And I hope that um, parents reach out to their music teachers if they used to be in lessons and reach out to the sports and vice versa, because um, it would just be, it, it's, it's, it would be, how can I say, I want to say a shame, but it's not necessarily a shame. It's just that some of the repercussions of people having to shift their life is that they may not shift back to some of the things that they loved, you know, and, um, and that's just something I've been pondering is I hope that all the piano teachers out there reach out to their students and ask them to come back. And that if there's anything that we can do, even for the people on this podcast, if you know that your child loves music and they had an interest, even if they hadn't started yet, um, now is a great time to look for a, a piano teacher or a music teacher that's probably very much in need of work. So it's absolutely. It's, and the one thing, uh, a beautiful thing that we all learned through this experience is how easily we can transition to do things online when it's necessary. In my world, piano teachers and piano students made that shift instantly. Thanks to Zoom and um, so many other technology um, elements, we were able to make that transition. So if you're listening, parent, and, and your child is not involved in music lessons, I would encourage you that you don't even have to wait until things open up. Those music teachers, piano teachers, guitar teachers need students now and are willing to meet you where they can online. That helps to start establishing a routine. It gives your child something to look forward to, something to be responsible for. And uh, you may have seen this meme kind of floating around. Um, it says that some of the best teachers have been virtual teachers and it has a picture of Mr. Rogers and a picture of Bob Ross and a picture oh, of Steve Irwin. Yeah. And so we've been learning remotely all along. It yeah. just hasn't been our single way of learning. Yes. So it, beautiful things can still happen. We might have to work a little harder to make it so, but they can still happen. Yes. And when it is safe and the situation allows um, you know, getting them out there and having that face-to-face -face meeting when we can yes. is so important for yes. for us to kind of find the normalcy that we can find within all of this. I agree. Looking forward to that day for sure. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Um, but in with what you just said, finding the joy where we're at is kind of where my mind went, is that interactions like we're having right now probably would have never happened if we weren't expanding our minds to say, you know, to, to meet because you uh, live on the other side of the United States of America. If we wouldn't have been online uh, doing the things that we're doing for business. So if we need yes. to look at the positives of the situations that we're I in. I agree. I'm so glad that you highlighted that point. I'm very grateful to get to know you, even if we're so far away. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my thought is always like one day, We'll all be together and we'll take all of our podcast, you know, we'll have a place where the podcast community can gather and we'll yes. have to find the most appropriate one. And then 
we'll be able to meet, I'll be able to meet your fans. You'll be able to meet mine. It'll just be one <laughs> big, happy podcast family. <laughs> that sounds great. Yes. <laughs> because I also will take this minute before we get into uh, some of the other tips you have for us to encourage those out there to um, get into podcasting. I mean, listen to podcasts. It's amazing how much you can learn and how much you can fix your mindset to be exactly the way that you want it to be. Um, if you have an interest in music or in, uh, in, in learning, or if your child is in lessons, maybe you didn't even know that there was a podcast out there like yours right. that, um, that encourages parents, you know, and, uh, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. How did that come to be? Well, in my world, there, there are lots of piano teachers and piano teachers connect online and they offer resources to each other. But there hasn't been a lot of a lot of resources for parents of piano students. And sometimes when piano teachers gather around the social water cooler, we might air some frustrations and why did this parent do this and why did they think this? And I'm thinking, of course they thought that. Nobody has taught them that they should think otherwise. And so I wanted, I've been teaching piano for 30 years and I've parented four of my own children and um, gained a little bit of experience <laughs> through the years, sometimes by making mistakes, but I, I felt like I could offer something to make things easier on both sides of the equation for the parents and for the teachers. Some teachers haven't gotten the experience that I have, and so they don't really know how to communicate to their parents about different expectations. So I find that a lot of my listeners are also teachers, and that's very encouraging to me. I'm grateful to kind of let them learn from my experiences as well. It started off too as a way to um, sort of extend the lesson. Since I only meet with my piano students for 30 minutes once a week, there are things that I found that I, I teach over and over. And so if I could put it on a podcast, then I can just refer them. I mean, I'll still teach it in the lesson, but uh, for them to maybe listen to it again at home or for their parents to hear how I teach a certain concept. I put a lot of those things on the podcast just to extend the lesson and, and have a resource available um, if they have questions, you know, in between lessons or something. Yeah, it's one of the most unique podcasts because it does have diversity that way, where you can go there and get uh, encouragement for uh, your child that's in a lesson, but you can also get advice for basic parenting and just uh, positivity. And so uh, that's been a really neat way that you've kind of married those two things together for the sake of parents that want a musical family, but also need encouragement like we always we all do as parents. Yes. Yes. And I have been so grateful for the opportunity to visit with people like you. I love your um, niche, your field of expertise with counseling and understanding even more about family dynamics through your experiences. So um, I'll put a little plug in for you. Your episode is 209 and right. you can find it at pianoparentpodcast.com slash 209 and um, hear more of Cher's advice for um, dealing, we were talking about kind of my daughter and dealing with virtual schooling when she wanted to go back to school and, and you helped work, 
helped us work through some of those challenges, and I appreciate you for that. Um, recently, I also was able to interview an author from England, from Great Britain, and um, he's just recently released a book, and uh, we're going to be doing a book club of, on his book of Why Is My Piano Black and White? Oh. And he is of African-American descent, and so it was wonderful to get to visit with him, especially in today's social climate. Yes. And we had a wonderful conversation. So lots of lots of opportunities to speak to people, as you said, that um, I might not normally get to connect with. And I'm grateful to connect with you and your audience today. Yes. And that's why um, I'm so glad that we have that medium to be able to listen to all these mini radio programs out there um, that are tailor-made for our interests. But sometimes yes. we jump into something that we didn't even know we were interested in <laughs> and we can learn more and more, you know, just about, wow, someone over in England has this experience and now I'm able to be able to be a part of that experience. So that's exciting. And thank you for that. Um, what else would you like to share with our listeners? I know that you have uh, some expertise in helping parents really understand the power of music. Well, I just maybe kind of to recap what we've been talking about today. In fact, I did put it together in a, a flyer that I would love to offer as a gift to your listeners. Um, just kind of three tips for using music to manage stress. And okay. um, we touched on each of these a little bit, but I'll, I'll mention them again. One would be to mu use music to calm. And um, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be calming music, which you would think of as um, elevator music or gentle uh, rain showers. <laughs> it could be Mozart or musicals or even Metallica, if you're my oldest son. Um, but whatever your favorite music is, use that. That can relieve a little bit of stress. It can give you an emotional lift. Um, if you've been, you know, really at it with uh, working on your laptop and, and doing all of your assignments, whether it's uh, for work or for school, Finish one of those assignments and give yourself a little break, uh, have a quick jam session, and that kind of fires up all those neurons in your brain, all those connections, and then you can go back at it with a fresh, uh, recharged mind. That's actually exactly what I did this morning because oh, we wonderful. were talking. We were talking about my very busy, full of Zoom meetings uh, day here on this particular day, and um, and I utilized that, and it works. You know, I just like I need to put on some music that speaks to me, and 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 I put on some uh, you know jazz type music, and for me that did the ticket. Yeah, you know, that was that was the <laughs> ticket. So uh, yeah, we need to use that more often with our kids, not only for us. Because we realize that I agree. they need that, uh, that calm. And the really cool thing is, I mean, we've been talking about my, my parents and what I'm passing on to my children. And so many of those songs, um, music that we listen to can bring back memories. I can, uh, like if we're singing in church, I can remember standing yes. next to my grandmother singing that same song and she would sing harmony and just the beautiful, uh, that's actually my next thing is the beautiful connections that music can make either a connection to our past. We can introduce our children to the music we listened to when they, we were their age or um, music that had a special meaning to different family members. Um, and then getting a little bit of insight into our piano, um, into our children. <laughs> I'm so used to saying piano kid uh, <laughs> uh, by, by hearing the music that they are interested in and letting them expand our musical vocabulary. I can imagine that, 
it will, it can bring up stories as well. Like, Oh, I remember when I heard this song or I remember the first time. And then you have that opportunity to share that little memory with your child, which just deepens that connection all the more. I can, I, I, it's funny. I'm thinking about times when that's actually happened in our family organically, you know, isn't that fun? Yeah. And kind of a little sidebar. I mentioned um, that I spoke to this author in great Britain. His name is Nate Holder. And, um, he brought up something in one of his other books called I Wish I Didn't Quit Music Lessons. And um, he, he mentioned Mozart in this book. And, you know, everybody thinks of, oh, well, Mozart was just a genius. He was a musical genius and child prodigy. And, and of course, those things are true. But Nate mentions the fact that Mozart's father was a musician. Mozart's father was a music teacher. Mozart's older sister was in lessons. So of course he became a musical genius. It was ingrained in his day-to-day family life. And I think that's a beautiful reminder to parents that the things that we love our children are likely going to love those too, at least when they're younger, (laughs) when Mm -hmm. they get older, they'll develop their own tastes. But I'm a firm believer in the fact that our children pick up and and enjoy the things that we enjoy. I think it's no surprise that um, Patrick Mahomes, for example, his father was a professional baseball player. And now he's a professional, you know, um, he went to school in our hometown. So nice nice of him. But um, our our children pick up on the things that that we do. And that's a... I wonder with Mozart, I was just, I don't know, my mind goes to places sometimes. I wonder if Mozart's dad was like, why are you doing that kind of music? Why are you going? <laughs> and now he's because he was such a creative type. Like he took music and ran with it. I wonder what that yes. conversation <laughs> I will tell you, Beethoven's dad did. Beethoven's really? dad was a money hungry man. And, and I don't mean to talk poorly about him, but he saw the money that Mozart's family made because they yeah. went on tours and they were the rock stars of that time. Uh-huh. Beethoven's dad wanted the same thing. He wasn't interested in music. He was interested in the money. And he, he was not a nice dad to poor Beethoven. No wonder. Oh, my goodness. All the paintings that we see of Beethoven, he's got that grimace on his face. Yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> So see, it can go both ways. Don't use music as a negative or let's, let's stick towards the positive. <laughs> That's funny. But um, anyways, That's right. we and went off on a tangent there. The, yes. But, but that does tie into the last thing. And that is to use music to create. It's one of those activities that engages all parts of your brain. It gives your child a healthy outlet, um, whether they're learning or um, creating on their own. It gives them an opportunity to, you know, use a hand-to-hand coordination, eye-to-hand coordination, and just kind of um, release a lot of those emotions and thoughts and feelings into a a very healthy, creative process. So if you're not already involved in music lessons in some way, um, I would encourage you to check it out. For sure. Oh, well, I mean, these are simple three C's, right? So calm, connect, create. I like it. Absolutely. And to make it all easy for you, I put it all together in a flyer that I would love to send to you. And you can access that at pianoparentpodcast.com slash share. That's perfect. Now, is that share like you're sharing it? (laughs) Share like you. You are sharing. Like me. Okay. Let's make that clarification. I can see people being like. (laughs) That's true. I'm glad you made that that clear. (laughs) So share my name, C-H-E-R. I love it. (laughs) This is exclusively for your listeners. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And it is one of the platforms that I believe in so much is how can we lower stress in the family? You know, how can we take 
uh, every family has stress. Not a single family is immune from it. And what are some strategies to lower that? And so I love this, that we have to remember that that is a way to calm. It's a way to connect, which is also a, a, a strategy for lowering stress yes. and a way to create, you know? So yes. thank you for that. Thank you. And I thank you too for what you're doing. Um, we put so much of a burden on parents to encourage their children and motivate their children and discipline their children and train their children, but mm -hmm. they need some support too. They need to know that we're in their corner and we yes. recognize that this is hard work that they're doing and we want to support them and give them some, some, some strategies and some suggestions of how they can maybe make some changes if things aren't going the way they would like for them to in their own homes. So I yeah. appreciate very much the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I know that as two parents, our heart goes out to the journey of parenting. It is, uh, it is a journey and it is not an easy one. And uh, some parents feel very isolated and uh, they feel like they're just trudging through this and trying to figure it out. And I hope that the both of us can be a voice to those parents to say, no, you're not alone. We're in this together and there's strategies you can use. And you know what? If you fall down, you pick yourself back up. We're just in, we're just getting through this. That's right. You're not making a mistake. Someone else hasn't already made. Right. Exactly. And that's why it's so great to talk to you is we'll be like, oh, wow, you made that same, same mistake. All right, cool. Let's keep going. So much better. Yes. yes. Let's keep going. So that's wonderful. Well, I know that this is not the last time that we will connect. And I so appreciate uh, this conversation. It's been so enriching to me. And, um, and any of our listeners that want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? They can connect to the podcast through pianoparentpodcast.com. And I would love to hear from you directly. If you'd like to email me, it's Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y at pianoparentpodcast.com. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Cher. It's been my pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. She is so sweet, you guys. I loved listening back to that conversation with you. And you have to see the website that she made, the cute little website just for us, just for our listeners. Head over to pianoparentpodcast.com forward slash share, like my name, C-H-E-R. You are going to love this. I do not want you to miss out on the cute little download that we have and all the information about her. It's so important for us to utilize our resources to help our kids. And I have to remind you about the Big Life Journal. Have you got your copy yet? If you haven't, what are you waiting for? This is my number one journaling resource that I use with the kids I work with and for my own children. My daughter was just telling me the other day, I'm going to use a growth mindset in this. And I said, all right, all right, she's getting it. And I know part of the reason why is because we sit down and read the Big Life Journal together. And then she's able to write out her thoughts. Look for my link below or head over to my website, www.thefocusedmindset.com slash the big life journal. I want you guys to get your copy and help your kids have a focused mindset, a resilient heart, and all the tools they need to move forward in this life with confidence. 
And it is coming to the end of another podcast. I hope to see you in the Focused Mindset community. Remember to join us by doing that at my website at Join the Community. You can go to Facebook and you can find me there at The Focused Mindset. I do have a group, especially for our motivated families that are looking every single day for ways to have The Focused Mindset. So until next time, keep in touch and take care.